this week's episode of the Life Well Lived podcast, we are continuing on our series on the Enneagram. If you were with us in last week's episode, we gave an intro to the Enneagram and the nine personality types that are involved in this nine-pointed figure. So what we're going to be doing is spending the next nine weeks, this week starting with our eights, talking about each number of the Enneagram and how we can become aware of the number we are and become aware of the other numbers in our lives, the people closest to us, our coworkers, our bosses, our employees, spouses, kids, whatever it may be, so that we can create and transform our life in a way that we can truly live the best life, that we can truly have internal transformation. So if you have not yet Listen to last week's episode, the intro. Go back, listen to it now. You're going to want to listen to that first because it's going to give you the layout and going to give you some of the basics, terminology, and definitions of what we are going to be talking about in today. But without further ado, we are going to jump in and start talking about eights. Eights are the challenger. So in today's podcast, it's going to be all about learning about eights, what motivates eights, the basic descriptions of eights, so that you can either, one, start to identify, is this my Enneagram number? Remember, it's the whole discovery process, the journey of discovering your own Enneagram number. Am I an eight? And if not, then maybe you have some eights in your life that you can listen to this episode, learn more about them, and learn to work with them, love on them, and know what they're going through and what they're thinking and feeling on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. So turn it up in the headphones, turn it up in the car, wherever you're listening to the Life Well Live podcast, and get ready as we talk about the Enneagram eights. Hi guys, I'm Kyle Kirby, an entrepreneur, speaker, and friend, and welcome to Life Well Lived, a podcast designed to give you the ins and outs, the goods, and what you need to scale your life to the next level. In every episode, we start off with our what's crack a lackin' section. If you are new to the podcast, then this should be normal to you. But if you've been a longtime listener, maybe missed a few episodes, we started the what's crack a lackin' section just a few weeks ago. And this is an opportunity where I can spend just a couple minutes letting you guys know about what's going on in my life, things that I find interesting, and what my last week has been. So as you guys know, we have been, my wife and I have been in the process of moving. So we actually closed on our house, the house we're selling in one week. Uh, this upcoming Friday, we're going to be selling our house, moving out, which is which is kind of an emotional thing. You know, I when I was growing up, I moved quite a bit, not like a lot, but I think I moved like three times or something growing up. And so moving was never a really big deal to me, but for my wife, definitely is. She, she's very emotionally attached to the house. She's put a lot of work into this house, really enjoys being in the house and, and, and what we've created as our first home as a married couple. So this will be a pretty emotional week as we leave the house that we've lived in for six and a half years now, which is which is just crazy. And we we started a new adventure over in the Baraboo, Wisconsin area. So we're going to have about of a week transition uh, where uh, we're going to live in my apartment. I have an apartment in Black River Falls, and then we close on our house in Baraboo so that we'll move there and, and start doing the stuff there. And uh, super excited. The club in Baraboo is coming together. We just got our uh, walls and painting finished last week. We just got our 
uh, are what's it called? Um, the counter, the counter, um, and like where people are going to sit. The bar—that's the word I was thinking of. The bar got uh, installed this last week as well, so it's really coming together. Um, we're starting to do some marketing in the area. We're going to be bringing around some of our shakes and teas to sample the local businesses. So I'm very excited to uh, continue meeting the community and continue getting to know people. I've already met a ton of amazing people in Baraboo, so super excited about that. And and you know to continue, some some people in Black River are like, so are you just leaving us forever? It's like. No, I, I'm excited to continue building, continue loving on people in Black River, as well as continue uh, building and loving on people in Baraboo as well. So it's kind of an exciting time for us. Uh, other things that we worked through uh, was um, our dog. Uh, if you, I don't know if I've ever talked about my dog before, but my dog's name is Indy. He's a Border Collie Pointer mix and a great dog, super shy. I think he's eight years old now. He's six years old, eight years old. Beth would know. Um, but he's been someone, we got him as a rescue that's always had a lot of anxiety, really has a trouble with like other dogs, really has a trouble. Um, like anytime things won't feel safe, he values safety over everything. So if he doesn't feel safe, he'll, he'll go like days without eating if he doesn't feel safe. So it's really important to help calm his anxiety, help him feel safe. But it was actually kind of fun. My wife, um, I wasn't there. I've been in uh, Black River this week working and in Baraboo this week working. Beth wanted to stay home to get all the moments out of the out of the uh, house as she could. But um, we actually had a trainer come over and work with our dog, with another dog. So he was able to uh, be with the dog, um, stay calm in those circumstances, not just freak out because another dog is there. So uh, super excited to um, have our dog training that. We have uh, some of our best friends just got a puppy themselves. And one of the things we wanted to do was, even though this is a puppy and Indy's a little bit older, we wanted the opportunity for them to come over or we could go over to their house and bring the dogs and the dogs can get along. So the whole process, we, we, we hired this trainer, came out to our house, all this sort of stuff to help calm our dog down, get him good with other dogs so they can meet our friend's dog and um, we can all enjoy fellowship together. The dogs enjoying fellowship together as well as us. Uh, having fellowship together, our friends. So uh, that's kind of fun. So uh, last thing I'll end with here is just talking a little bit about the Enneagram. We're going to go over eights today, all uh, all the goods that eights give the world and how we can work with and love on eights. And maybe you can even discover for yourself if you are an eight. But let me tell you, one of my favorite parts about this last week, studying all about eights and really just studying the Enneagram in general so that I can give you guys the best information is just it you know it's really fun as you think through the enneagram like the people in your life that are eights. So this week I was all about eights. Now we're starting the prep for the nines for next week. And it was really interesting to start thinking through like, okay, who in my life is an eight? And honestly, my mind doesn't always work like this. My wife is really, really good. Whenever it comes to personality tests, she'll often be like, oh yeah, this person is this. And she's really good at it. I, I struggle with that a little bit, but it, it was a fun thing to really start thinking through um, the eights in my life, you know? And, and as we're going to go through the podcast, you know, there's such thing as health healthy eights, there's average eights and unhealthy eights. And it was interesting to think through each of those people in my life as well. I'm like, oh, that they tend to be more of an unhealthy eight. Oh, this person is a really healthy eight. So I think that was a very fun thing for this last week as I was studying the Enneagram was thinking through the people in my life that are eights and that are different numbers on the Enneagram and really thinking about um, even I know some of you that are close friends that listen to this podcast thinking I, I like to start thinking about what your number is. So uh, that's just been a fun journey. So hopefully you guys can enjoy that journey as well as you guys learn about the numbers. I know we went over a summary of the numbers last week, so maybe you're already thinking of that a little bit, but I challenge you, you know, have a little bit of fun. Think about the people in your life, the people closest to you, right? Mom, dad, spouse, kids, coworkers, whoever it may be, 
for you and really start thinking to yourself, oh, who are these people, right? What what number on the Enneagram are they? And as you start learning about the Enneagram numbers, hopefully you can communicate with them better, that you can love on them better, and you can really understand their motivation and their feeling for life. So that will wrap up our What's Crackalackin' section. Thanks for hanging out with me as I share with you some of my thoughts and what we're doing this past week. And if you guys can keep us in your thoughts and prayers as we make the move to Baraboo and and leave River Falls, uh, that would be much appreciated. Thanks so much. Let's jump right on in with talking about our eights, the challenger. So here is how this Enneagram episode is going to go. We're going to start off giving you a basic description of eights so that you can get everything you need to know about the eights. Well, maybe not everything, but almost everything you need to know about eights so that you can really identify, am I an eight or do I know eights in my life? We're going to go through a basic description. We're going to go through the triads and what triad eights fall into. We're gonna go over the four dynamic numbers that are associated with eights, so their wing numbers and their stress and security numbers. We're gonna be going over their deadly sin. We're gonna be going over through healthy, average, and unhealthy eights. We're gonna give you a little bit of uh, thoughts and notes near the end of the podcast, just some extra stuff that doesn't maybe fall into those categories above. How you can transform if you are an eight, how you can have personal transformation for yourself, And then at the end, we're going to give you some words to remember and some thanks. So if you have not listened yet to the previous episode where we talked about those things, if any of those things, the wings, stress and security, deadly sin triads, if all this sounds really confusing, you probably didn't listen to the intro episode. So go back, listen to the intro episode of the Enneagram so that you can get the goods you need to uh, understand, the definitions, the descriptions, so that this episode makes sense. But without Further ado, let's jump into the basic descriptions of eight, or who we call the challenger. Type eight is self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. Eights are strong and assertive. They're protective, resourceful, straight-talking, but can also be often egocentric and domineering. Eights feel they must control their environment, especially people, sometimes becoming confrontational and intimidating. And in fact, eights enjoy confrontation. We'll get into this in a second, but they they see confrontation as intimacy. Eights typically have problems with their tempers, and without allowing themselves to be vulnerable, they risk having in-depth relationships with people. At their best, they're self-mastering. They use their strength to improve others' lives, become heroic. And they really do a great job inspiring others. And we'll get into healthy, average, and unhealthy eights in in just a few moments. The basic fear of an eight is this, of being harmed, being betrayed, being controlled by others. Their basic desire is this, to protect themselves, to be in control of their own life and destiny. And their main motivation, remember we talked about last week, that the motivation of like why you do what you do is so important, right? Uh, a, 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 an eight and a three, right? We talked about last week, I'm a three, might go for a promotion 
but for two very different reasons. And it's their motivation that's key. So while a three, their main motivation, we'll get into that when we get to threes, might be to like get the paycheck or get the plush corner office or or to look good among the peers. An eight's motivation for that, for the same promotion, is going to be a little bit different. An eight's main motivation, they want to be self-reliant. They want to prove their strength and make sure nobody sees their weakness. They want to be seen as important in the world. Not just be seen, but they want to be important in the world. They want to dominate their environment, have control over their environment, control over people, and stay in control of the situation. Here's a key note on eights. Eights do not need to be the person in control. Yes, sometimes they can be good leaders. Yes, they'll step into the role of leadership, but eights do not need to be the person in control. They just don't want to be controlled themselves. And that last point is a big one. If that resonates with you, remember, we're going through these descriptions so that you can start identifying, am I, am I an eight? Do I know eights in my life? But we're looking on that, that journey for yourself. If you listen to that last line and it resonated with you, you might start being an eight. Eights do not need to be the person in control. They just don't want to be controlled themselves. And as we're looking for, am I an eight? Do I know eights in my life? Let me know if any of these phrases resonate with you. You might be an eight if you enjoy debating topics and stirring the pot. Stirring the pot. You might be an eight if you're honest about conflicts and will stay in the fight until a resolution is found, usually in relationships, maybe with a spouse. You have a hard time trusting people, and you have a fear of being betrayed. You love fighting for justice and equality, and in fact, fighting for justice and equality is extremely important to you. You might find yourself at a protest or riots in today's day and age because you want to fight for justice and fight for equality. You love opposition. Decisions are made quickly and from the gut. And you believe to yourself a good offense is better than a good defense. You'll fight for those that you love. And you really want to be loved yourself. You already know from the people around you that you're respected. But what you really want is love. Because you might have an outside tough persona. You might have a tough outside. But underneath that, underneath that is a loving, tender heart. And again, I'll repeat it. You don't need to be the person in control. You just don't want to be controlled yourself. And if that resonates with you, then you might be an eight. I thought as we're describing eights, it might be helpful for you if I gave you some quotes, some eight quotes from some famous eights in history. So let's start off with Muhammad Ali, the boxer. Muhammad Ali had a couple quotes like, it's hard to be humble when you're as great as I am. He also said, I've wrestled with alligators, I've tussled with a whale, I've done handcuffed lightning and throw thunder in jail. Another famous eight would be Angela Merkel. She's the chancellor of Germany. She has a few quotes here saying, neither the chains of dictatorship nor the fetters of oppression can keep down the forces of freedom for long. She also said, I might bend, but I will never break because it's in my nature as a strong woman. She also said, I never underestimated myself, and I never saw anything wrong with ambition. Another famous 
8 is Martin Luther King Jr. A few quotes from him. There is nothing more tragic than to find an individual bogged down in the length of life, devoid of breadth. There comes a time when one must take a position that is neither safe, nor politic, nor popular, but he must take it because his conscience tells him he is right. And he also said a riot is the language of the unheard. So these are some of the basic descriptions of eights. This should give you a very good summary of what, what eights think, what they feel, what they do. Now, in the next section, we're going to be getting into triads and after that, wings, so that we can further description, further get deeper into what eights think, feel, and believe, what they're motivated by, so you can discover for yourself if you are an eight or if you have eights in your life. Next, we're going to be talking about the triads that eights are a part of, the triad that eights are a part of, their wings, as well as their stress and security number and their deadly sin. Again, so you can get a better description and really understand what eights are all about. Now, if you remember back to the triads, there's three of them, and eights fall into the gut, anger, or instinctive triad. If you remember that from last week's episode, they are driven by anger, eights externalize it, nines forget it, and ones internalize it, they take in and respond to life at the gut level. They are honest and direct. So being in the anger triad, eights are motivated by anger, or they're motivated by gut instincts, eights externalize it, eights will often describe the feeling of anger in their whole body. As I prep for this podcast. I listened to a few other podcasts. Um, and maybe a quick note on this. If, I mean, this was said in the last episode for sure, but a um, few different sources were using the Enneagram Institute, uh, Wikipedia on the Enneagram, uh, a few different Instagram pages, a few different podcasts, and uh, the book, The Road Back to You. That's kind of the primary one I'm using a lot. Um, that's uh, where we're getting most of our resources from, and most of the knowledge from for, for this podcast. But I was listening to a few other podcasts that talked with the Enneagram. They interviewed people that were eights. Um, one thing that was very common theme was that eights like felt things in their whole body, right? It was like they, they would have this feeling of anger over something and it, it was in their their fingertips, their toes. They, they felt it in their gut. And so being in the anger, gut, or instinctive triad, eights really feel these things in their entire body, which oftentimes, as we'll get into in the notes section, is why they wear their uh, hearts on their, or what's the phrase, hearts on their sleeves, or like why they come out and um, will maybe blow up, or they're uh, brash, or they're very quick to anger, right? I'm not saying that, sometimes I, I think people will hear the eights as like, that's like a bad thing, and it's not, like, it's not when it's a good thing, right? When an eight is fighting for justice or an eight needs to defend the weak, having that anger, having that instinctive, having that gut feeling, that that pulsing throughout your whole body is someone you want on your side. You want that in friendship. You want a friend that feels that way about injustice. Let's talk a little bit about the wings. So if you remember with the wings, the way they work is there's two numbers on each side of each number on the Enneagram. For eights, those numbers are seven and nine. And what this can mean is sometimes people can fall into the category of pulling 
energy pulling some of the stuff from the numbers next to them, right? So you could be an 8-7, which means you're an 8 with a 7 wing, or you could be an 8-9, which is means you're an 8 with a 9 wing, okay? So let's jump into the 7s first. So we'll get into this in, actually, it's the very last podcast, but 7s are the enthusiast. If you remember from last week's episode, 7s are the enthusiast. The 8-7 is probably the most high energy individual on the entire Enneagram. High energy is the best way to describe it. Eights, the, the eights intensity with the go, go, go nature of the seven equals a really fun number. Eight sevens will often step into the role of the leader if there isn't an obvious leader in place. They're very social. Eight sevens love enjoyment and can tend to be a bit reckless. Their inner tension really falls into place like because at their core they they want to be strong the eight wants to be strong for themselves for others but their seven wing wants them to be carefree and so sometimes there can be a little bit of an inner tension that happens there but at the end of the day eight sevens just want to live life to the fullest there is never such thing as not enough and they want to experience all the adventures, all the things in life, and go, 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 go. So high energy, living life to the fullest. Now, eight nines, nines are the peacemakers of the world. And sometimes the eight nine, like you have the strong eight and the nine is a peacemaker. Sometimes that can sound a little bit like odd. Like how do those two things mess, mesh? And here's how. So eight nines tend to be very calm and pleasant until you cross them. Then they go into fierce protector mode. I like to think of a mama bear, right? The A mama bear is tends to be a very calm creature, eating its berries, walking around the woods. But then as soon as you, I mean, we all know you don't mess with cubs because a mama bear will literally kill you, okay? And eight nines are, the, are, are, are that. That's what they are. So eight nines tend to be very calm, tend to be pleasant, tend to keep to themselves, tend to be a little bit more introverted until they see injustice, until they see something as wrong. One of the descriptions of the eights is that they see things very black and white. They're very blunt. And so as soon as something is turned injustice, as soon as something they perceive is wrong, they they will go into that mama bear mode, right? And, and they will fight endlessly with passion for what they believe. So they're quieter than an average eight, eight nines, and usually introverted. They usually keep to themselves and but they'll show that completely different side when they believe injustice is present. They will talk your ear off about something they are passionate about and will fight for those that can't or won't fight for themselves. Their inner tension comes from wanting to keep the peace, but also wanting to be in control. And sometimes those two things can't coexist. And that's tough to do both. It's, it's tough to want to keep the peace. Okay, I'll just I'll keep the peace, peacemaker. But then the eight comes in and is like, no, we want to be in control and the, the situation needs to be under control. So uh, there's a little bit of a inner tension there. So let's talk a little bit about their stress and security numbers. So if you also remember, there's four numbers that each number on the Enneagram has a dynamic relationship to. It's their two wings. So for eights, that's the seven and the nine. And then there also is the stress and security number, which if you're looking, if you're looking at the Enneagram on like Google, These are the numbers that are going to be like touching, right? So in stress, eights will take on the healthy, I'm sorry, the unhealthy sides of fives. And in security, 
eights will take on the healthy sides of two. So let's look into that a little bit. So in stress, eights will take on the health, uh, unhealthy sides. <laughs> in my notes, I have healthy there. I needed to write unhealthy. So in stress, eights will take on the unhealthy sides of fives. And fives are the investigators, which means when stress happens, they become withdrawn. They become quiet and disengaged. If you have an eight in your life and all of a sudden they're not living passionately, they're not all energy and, and they're very disengaged from the conversation, they're very quiet, then you know something is wrong. They, you know there's stress in their life. When um, they, they, when it comes to eights, they may feel they need to be left alone to process their stress and access their emotions. Because for eights, that's hard to really show that vulnerability to access. They see that as weakness. So in stress, eights will take on the unhealthy sides of fives, which is the investigator. Insecurity, when things are going well, when they feel safe, they become the healthy side of twos, which is the helpers, which allows them to show their tender heart, reveal their vulnerability, take down the armor that's guarding who they are, and become more caring, warm, and patient. And we'll finish this section with talking about the eight's deadly sin. So each number has uh, a deadly sin, and eight's the eights deadly sin is lust. Now it's not lust in the sexual way. With eights, they lust after intensity. It can be seen in their excessiveness, the evidence in every area of life. Domineering and confrontational, eights present a hard, intimidating exterior to mask their vulnerability because they don't want to be seen weak. They are strong and they need to prove they're strong. And so they will put up this wall of intensity, of passion in order to hide their weakness. They seek action everywhere, and if they can't find any, they will cook it up themselves. And I'll give you an example of that in just a little bit of a kind of a funny one. They're always seeking more, always seeking excess. Enough is not enough. They overwork, overparty, overeat, overspend. Now, this next thing, um, I could be a little bit wrong on. This is going to be my own personal opinion, but I was, as I was listening to podcasts this week, and I, I might learn this about some other numbers along the way, but one of the interview things that I found was because they lust after intensity, because enough's never enough, it seemed to me a lot of the people that were eights that were being interviewed oftentimes had problems with addiction. Now, Every number, I'm sure, can struggle with addiction in one way or another, but it seemed like a common theme that they struggled with addiction because they needed more intensity. They needed more life. So again, I need to research this a little bit, but I found that that seemed to be a common theme with eights is they struggled with addiction somewhere in their past because they searched out that uh, intensity, that deadly sin really caught up with them. So that is the four dynamic numbers of the eights as well as their deadly sin. As I mentioned last week, one of the things I love about the Enneagram, and I think really distincts the Enneagram from a lot of other personality typings out there, is the fact that the Enneagram takes into account the fluid nature of our personality. That's why there's stress and security numbers. That's why there is wings. And next up, what we're going to be talking about is healthy, average, and unhealthy eights. Because with each Enneagram number, there are times where we can go in between these three things, healthy, average, and 
unhealthy. And the goal, and this is kind of the whole point of personal development, is to move up until you become a healthy version of your number. And that's the whole point of the Enneagram. As we talked about last week, the whole goal is awareness. Because with some personality types, it's like, or personality like tests or things like that, it's kind of this mindset of, okay, like I'm this way, and then you can use it as an excuse. Like, oh, I'm an eight. Of course I'm brash. Like, uh, of course I'm a jerk. I'm an eight. No, that's not how it works. In fact, it's the opposite. If you know that you tend to be a jerk, if you know you tend to bowl over people, if you know that anger is your triad, then that's definitely something that you need to be aware of and that you can address. And when you, the reason we're going to be going over healthy, average, and unhealthy eights is you need to listen to what describes you the most. If, if you already on this podcast are like, oh yeah, I, I'm an eight. I'm definitely an, I'm definitely an eight. You need to know what type of eight you are because if you find yourself as an unhealthy eight, then what you need to do is start becoming aware of that, become aware of the tendencies of an unhealthy eight so that you can move to an average eight and then become aware of those tendencies so that you can move to a healthy eight. And when you can be aware of who you are, what you're doing, what you're feeling, what you're motivated by, that's where that transformation can come in. So let's talk about healthy eights. Healthy eights are great friends, leaders, and heroes for injustice. They will fight for those that can't fight for themselves. They can do what others can't or won't. They have learned to collaborate with others and truly value the contributions of those around them. They know that their true strength comes from vulnerability and embrace it at times. Average eights tend to walk all over people. They are black and white thinkers. There isn't any in between. Things are either good or bad. They will protect the good and seek revenge on the bad. They are good leaders. They struggle to follow and oftentimes use force to protect themselves. These eights are leaders and their people will follow them without any hesitation. They can't stand people who can't pull their own weight. Unhealthy eights have a deep fear of being betrayed. They believe that people can't be trusted, and life has proven time and time again that people will betray them, hurt them, or leave them over time. Therefore, never get too close to people, and definitely never show your vulnerability, because vulnerability is weakness. They will not just fight for injustice, but actually seek out revenge on those they perceive as wrong or bad. Unhealthy eights make their own rules and expect others to follow them. They create and destroy simultaneously as they see people as objects that have no lasting worth. So if you are an eight, think to yourself, do I fall more in the category of the healthy, average, or unhealthy? If you know eights in your life, think to yourselves, are they healthy, average, or unhealthy? Not in a judging way. You're not here to condemn. You're not, oh, you're an, you're an unhealthy eight. You better fix yourself. No, 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 because that's when you can learn to love on them. Learn to, as we're going to talk about in the next section, how to talk with, communicate with eights and help them through their journey. Maybe recommend this podcast or recommend one of the books we've mentioned so they can learn about their own Enneagram number. They can go on the journey themselves and truly create that long-term transformation. This will be the part of the episode where I go over notes and thoughts that I have 
on each number. And again, these are going to be some of my own thoughts. These are going to be from the books. These are going to be from podcasts. These are going to be from Instagram, a lot of different places. But now that we've gone over the basics of what eights are, what basic motivations they have, how they feel, their triads, their wings, their stress and security, healthy, average, unhealthy, all that good stuff. We're going to go over through some final thoughts and notes so you can really get a great understanding of what an eight is. So these are a little bit, uh, I hope they're not too random, but a little bit scattered as uh, they're just thoughts and notes as I picked up throughout the week so that you guys can better understand how eights operate. Eights have an overabundance of energy, intense energy. They give off everywhere they go. Confidence, fearless, and strong. Strength is so important to an eight. Like if there's one thing you can know about eights and you really want to identify, strength is so important to an eight. Eights can often be very blunt and aggressive. For example, employees of eights oftentimes complain about their aggressiveness. But here's the deal. When an eight is told about that, they are surprised to hear that. They're surprised that people think of them as brash. They're surprised to think of them like, I bowl over people? Because an eights don't see themselves that way. An eight sees themselves as, no, I'm just direct. I, I want to get to the point. I'm a hard worker. I'm strong. Here's what we need to do. And so... Uh, as an eight, you can become aware that sometimes people will perceive you as that way. And that's something to be aware of and, and be conscious of. Eights assume others are untrustworthy until that person can prove otherwise. Anger is their go-to emotion. It kind of works like this. Eights go fire, ready, aim, <laughs> right? Not ready, aim, fire, but fire, ready, aim. Because anger is always on the forefront. They tend to act first and then think later. These moments of anger are truly an eight's way of avoiding revealing their weakness or true vulnerability. Eights use their anger to hide their open-hearted, tender inner child. All their passion and energy can often come off very intimidating to other people, like we talked about with the employees. However, if you have eights in your life, learn to love the eights in your life. What feels like confrontation to you is an eight's way of trying to show intimacy. To them, conflict is connections. Eights don't see themselves as an angry person. They don't see themselves as a confrontational person. They don't see themselves the way we may perceive them. We might see them as domineering and brash, but eights just see themselves as honest and straightforward and live in a way as to, quote, leave everything on the field. Eights care about justice. You will often find eights at rallies and protests to help defend and fight for the injustices of the world. They are the type of people that will truly stand up to the oppressors and dictators of the world and fight for justice. We need their strength and bravery. They tend to be black and white thinkers. They see the world as either good or bad. They believe their viewpoint is the only way and any other views are wrong. Because of this, they can tend to be argumentative. They love these opportunities to argue with you because it can help them erase any thoughts in the world that they may be weak. They can use their strength to prove their strength. I'll say that again. They can use their own strength to prove their strength, to prove they are strong. Eights tend to communicate in a commanding way using lots of exclamation marks. If the conversation at a party gets boring, eights tend to get distracted and may start zoning out. They might start checking their text messages or checking their Instagram. 
Or they might do this. If there's not enough zest in the conversation, they will add their own zest by saying things like, so what do you guys think of another four years of President Trump? And then they'll just sit back and watch as as chaos and the fun ensues. One common theme for eights as children is they were forced at one point to abandon their youth and innocence at far too young of an age. And they were put into a position where they had to start taking on the responsibility for themselves or oftentimes other people in their life. Whether it was an unstable home or a bully that taught them that the only person they can rely on is themselves, the only person that can stand up to bullies is someone with strength, they had to abandon that innocence a little bit too early. Now, let me say this. Don't think just because you didn't grow up in a like bad home or you didn't have bullies, like you could still be an eight. Again, it's just a common example. Whether you lived in a great home or not, the main theme of eights is that as children, they were taught that the world cannot be trusted and only the strong thrive. Those who are weak do not thrive. Therefore, you must never show your weakness. And one thing to note on eights because sometimes I think people listen to eights and are like, man, who wants to be this? And, and that's not the point of the Enneagram. Now, as we talked about last week, if a lot of this is making you cringe and making you sick to your stomach, that's usually a good sign that you might be that number. Just a side note. But one thing to note on eights is they usually aren't bullies. Like they, they usually are not bullying them other people. Again, they don't see what they're doing as brash. Um, they, they're not usually bullies unless they are deeply unhealthy eights. Like sometimes deeply unhealthy eights can tend to be bullies. Eights more often than not will actually be the ones that stand up to bullies because one, they aren't afraid of anyone. (laughs) And two, they seek justice. And sometimes that justice for an unhealthy eight will take it the next step of revenge. And that that's where sometimes like an unhealthy eight can, can become a bully. But for the most part, eights aren't bullies. They just don't want to be controlled themselves and they want to seek justice in the world. Do you think you might know an eight in your life? Here's some advice, some tips for you. Eights want to be challenged right back. As much as they are the challenger, they see confrontation as their way of connection. Eights admire the strength in others. Eights will respect you if you hold your ground and confront them. Because again, confrontation is intimacy. Once the confrontation is finished, the eights can move on as if nothing has ever happened. And here's the deal. Don't bullshit an eight. Be honest. Show them the truth. They want the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. If eights don't have the truth, here's the problem with this, right? Because sometimes we feel like we need to be like, oh, make people feel better. I want No, 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 no. With eights, you have to tell them the truth. If eights don't have the truth, it means they don't know what's going on. And if they don't know what's going on, they are not in control. And eights definitely want to be in control. Eights have a hard time saying I'm sorry or showing vulnerability because this is a very out of control, risky place to be. They fear that apologizing might show their weakness or something that you may use later on against them. So they really struggle in those areas. Eights tend to forget that they aren't superhuman. They aren't invincible. They oftentimes put extra stress and extra demands on themselves. This can often be seen with eights in the form of exercise or working out. 
they will do that excess to their body. So a big lesson for eights to learn and to work on is to understand that moderation is okay. It really is. And here's what I love about eights. Eights truly do have a tender, loving side. Remember, eights are the ones that are strong enough and brave enough to fight for their friends. When an eight trusts you enough to let you into their small group, you have for yourself a fierce and passionate heart that will take a bullet for you. Eights oftentimes think vulnerability is weakness, so when an eight does show you their tender side, take it as a great honor and be careful not to betray or ever use that against them. Eights can struggle in a relationship because of their brash, confrontational personality. If an eight is not aware of this, people they can often or they can often bowl over people so much that people will walk away from relationships or exclude them in social settings, which and this is kind of the sad part, but honestly just solidifies the thought in the eight's mind that people can't be trusted and people will betray you and people will leave you. Eights just want to find people who they feel safe enough to let their guard down with and with whom they can trust their own vulnerability. When it comes to careers, eights make great attorneys, coaches, entrepreneurs, justice fighters, and organizational builders. Since they don't like to be controlled, eights often work for themselves. And in an employee mindset, in an employee relationship, eights oftentimes will test and challenge authority. They want to know who the strong leader is. They love following a leader, but only when it's clear who the leader is and that that leader is strong. Corporate America loves eights. Now that you are aware of the basic descriptions of eights, you might now be thinking to yourself, I am an eight. So for those of you that believe you are an eight, and for those of you that aren't, listen anyways, but let's talk about transformation and how to transform. Step one, well, we're not going to go in order. So I'll say, just say number one, learn to tap into your childlike innocence. You don't always have to be strong. You don't always have to be in control. You don't always have to hide your weakness and hide your vulnerability. Tap into your childlike innocence. Be careful of withdrawing and living your life on autopilot. Know that moderation is important and there is such a thing as too much. A big one and probably my favorite note for eights is to learn that true strength comes from vulnerability. It is not strong to hide behind a mask of boldness and passion. In fact, it's rather cowardly. Your strength will come when you can let your guards down and show your true heart. A mantra for eights should think to themselves, when I am weak, I am strong. I recommend reading any of Brene Brown's books on vulnerability. Daring Greatly is a great place to start. The book Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. Vulnerability can suck at first. Vulnerability can really suck to tap into, to bring into your life. And it can be so hard as an eight, but it must be worked on. Be careful of black or white thinking. Take risks to be more vulnerable with those closest to you, your kids, 
or spouse. They don't always need your strength. They need your heart too. When you're in a state of fear, when you're in a state of uncertainty, it's okay to let your spouse know that. And in fact, they will appreciate and probably love you even more because you're showing your heart, because you're showing your vulnerability, and not just being the strong one. Try to think before acting. If you can think through the consequences, you may be able to formulate a better plan of action. Listen to others and consider the room. If you're in a group setting where lots of ideas are being tossed around, your idea might not be the only one that's the best. And be careful not to just automatically think something is stupid or smart because you'll tend to sway the room your way. Just because you think something's stupid or you think something's smart doesn't mean it's necessarily that way. So learn to consider other people's opinions and learn to work with others and hear them out. Truly listen. And we're going to end the Enneagram section here with two things. We'll end every Enneagram section with this, of having words to live by, which is something that you may want to listen to often and repeat to yourself. And then a thanks that we as non-8s want to say thank you for being who you are. So let's start off with the words to live by. Say this to yourself. The walls I build are not to keep others out, but to welcome them in, protecting them in safe sanctuary. I don't have to fear betrayal because I can and will endure. My value is not in my strength alone. I will not let fear of weakness or that which I cannot control steal my joy and connection. And a thanks from us non-8s. We are thankful for you because we never have to guess with you. You're honest, strong, and caring. Your energy and drive are both motivating and convicting. We wish we had half your boldness. We know you are always there for us. You're inspiring, and we admire you. So happy to have 8s in our life. So thankful for eights. If you are an eight, I hope this podcast was helpful for you. Now, we're not ending the podcast yet. We've got a couple more sections here with our Q&A and all that, but I hope this section was helpful to learn about being an eight, to learn the motivation of an eight, to learn about who you are or who the people in your life may be. And I hope learning about the eights was helpful for you today. Oh man, it is that time of the week. It is our Q&A time. Time for a little bit of question and answer where you guys as listeners send in your questions and and I do my best to answer them. So what we do every week is we have one uh, fitness, nutrition, uh, exercise type question and then we usually have a personal development type question. So question number one, we'll jump right back in. Question number one, what are the best exercises to lose weight? Great question. So I've talked about this in my podcast before, but what I don't recommend here, let's start here. Let's start with what I don't recommend is I don't recommend people doing cardio as the main source of their fat loss, weight loss journey. Okay. Because here's what normally happens. And I think this is the biggest mistake people make. What normally happens, someone says, oh, I want to, I want to lose weight. 
they start eating healthier, right? They'll start doing like veggies, stuff like that, right? A couple more salads throughout the day, drastically cutting their calories. And then what they do is they go to the gym and they jump on the treadmill or jump on the elliptical or jump on the bike, right? And they do 30, 45 minutes, an hour of cardio. Here's what I see. One of my biggest pet peeves at the gym is I see someone, they'll jump on like the elliptical for 30 minutes and then they'll like at 30 minutes mark, switch over to, to the treadmill for 30 minutes. Like they'll do 30 minutes of the elliptical and then 30 minutes of the treadmill. What the heck? Like it, cardio is cardio. Like your, your goal there is to burn calories. Now here's the deal. In the short term, cardio is the best way to lose fat. But after about four to six weeks, your body becomes very adapted to that and it's not as effective anymore. So now you have options, right? Let's use the scenario. I'll jump into it. Best exercise to lose weight, but we're just given the scenario here. What happens with most people is right away they drastically cut their calories. They were eating like crap and they start just eating more salads and everything. And then they add in a bunch of cardio. So let's say they drastically cut themselves to 1,200 calories a day. Then they jump into doing... 30 minutes of cardio. Well, after the initial weight loss, you will lose weight pretty quickly doing that. But after the initial weight loss, then you hit a plateau. Well, where are you going to go from there? Well, I guess we can up it to 45 minutes of cardio every single day, still cutting our calories. We hit another plateau. Well, I guess we got to up it to an hour of cardio every single day. Uh, and then what? Are you going to cut your calories down to a thousand calories a day? Like that's not going to make sense. So that's where I see most people as their biggest mistake is they jump and start doing cutting the calories right away and then they like jump on the elliptical. Don't do that. Don't don't jump on the elliptical. Here are the best exercises for weight loss. It is the best and, and let's be clear here. When we say weight loss, I mean fat loss. Like we don't care, like you can lose weight by chopping off your arm. No, we want fat loss in the body. And the best exercises for fat loss are the ones that build muscle. Okay. Now here's the deal. Number one, wouldn't you rather have a body that burns more calories and loses weight on its own? That's where muscle comes in. The more muscle you have, the more your metabolism is increased and the more calories you burn every single day. So if you go from having hundred pounds of muscle as a female to 110 pounds of muscle, you are now burning 10 pounds of muscle, more calories every single day. That's huge. That means maybe your metabolism, these are just examples, but went from like 1500 calories to 2000 calories. And now you, you can eat 1900 calories and still lose weight. While before, if you had eaten 1600 calories, you would have gained weight. That's where you want to be. And what, especially, I, I feel like guys don't usually care about this as much, but sometimes with my female clients, like their fear, they have a huge fear of like being bulky. Like, no, I, I just want to tone up. So I'm going to jump on the elliptical. No, don't don't do that. No, like you don't realize like for the average female that's like five four, five five, five six, like or even if you're a little bit taller than that, like ten pounds of muscle is not much. Like imagine like like a pound of muscle, but on your entire body, a little bit on your calves, a little bit on your quads, a little bit on your hamstrings, a little bit on your triceps, biceps, forearms, a little bit on your chest, a little bit on your back, like when you divide it up throughout your whole body, like you're not going to look bulky. You're going to look more toned. You're going to look more firm, but it's because you put on muscle. So what are the best exercises to lose weight? What are the best exercises to lose fat? It's the ones that build muscle. And what I like is the big six exercises, right? So you've got, and again, they can be variations of these and I'll get into that in a second, but they're going to be your bench press, your deadlift, your squat, your overhead press, your row, and your pull up. Now, those are all technically advanced exercises, okay? So you are like, let's say you're going to the gym for the first time, you might need to find the moderations of those things, right? So instead of doing the bench press, maybe you do like a dumbbell press, or maybe you do a machine press to start off with, or maybe you just do a push up. 
maybe instead of the squat, you do um, like body weight squats, dumbbell squats, a goblet squat to start off with. I wouldn't recommend the leg press at first, right? You want to learn how to squat. Instead of the deadlift, maybe you do a Romanian deadlift or good mornings. Instead of a pull-up, you do the lat pull-down machine. Instead of a barbell row, you do dumbbell rows, okay? Or the rowing machine, right? Um, the, uh, the cable row. Instead of the overhead press with a barbell, maybe you just do the dumbbell overhead press, right? But the goal here is that you are working those six main exercises. If you were to create a routine where you just used those six exercises, you would get pretty fit and lose a good amount of weight. You would lose a good amount of fat loss. Like you could do a classic push-pull legs routine where on the push day, you're doing like your your uh, bench press and shoulder press type exercises, right? You're pressing away from your body, push day. Then on the pull day, you're doing the pull down in the row. And then the leg day, you're doing the squat and the deadlift variations. Boom. All six exercises, two each day, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you have a great exercise routine. So the best exercises to lose weight are those exercises, the bench press and the variations, squat variations, deadlift variations, pull up and their variations, row variations, and overhead press and their variations, because those are the things that are going to build the most amount of muscle and burn the most amount of calories, which will lead to fat loss over time. Question number two. How do you stay positive with all the crap that's going on in the world? How do you stay positive with all the crap that's going on in the world? Well, first of all, I don't think it's crap going on in the world. I think these are good things. I, I think the things going on in the world are leading towards transformation. And I think they are leading towards not just transformation as a world, right? And like how we do things, how we view things, how we respond to things. But I think even transformation in ourselves as individuals. Um, how do I stay positive? I think it's two things. Uh, I think one, I avoid negativity. And I'm not doing this to be naive, right? But I don't watch the news. I don't watch CNN or Fox News or MSNBC or whatever the news stations are. Like, I, I don't watch them. I don't spend hours a day watching the news. And I highly recommend that you don't do that either. I think that's the one of the worst things. Because here's the deal. The news is a business just like any other business. And what they are trying to build is viewers. Like, they get paid by their viewers. So, of course, they're going to put on TV, put on their websites, whatever is going to get them the most views and whatever is going to get them the most clicks. And so, of course, they're going to do the most drastic stuff. Like People don't care about the positive stuff in the world. They want to hear the chaos. They want to hear the negativity. So, personally, I avoid the news. Now, I'm not naive. I choose to get my news from certain sources, right? Uh, I would say very solidified sources, but I'm not going to spend hours a night or hours a day or hours on the weekend watching CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, whatever those are. So I'd say step one is avoid those things. If you find yourself watching the news, scrolling through Twitter, like constantly filling yourself with the negativity of the world, the news that the media is putting in front of you, I recommend just stop, stop doing that. And number two, begin doing personal development because the whole point of personal development is to get stronger, to become mentally stronger. So that I was having this conversation with one of my team members the other day that we were having kind of a, a stressful day. And it was like the whole point of personal development is five years from now, a day like this isn't going to be stressful anymore because you've grown mentally that you know, you'll have new stressful days then, but it's because you got stronger. And like, you know, uh, let's say a four out of 10 on a stressful day used to really, really stress you out. Well, as you get stronger, a four out of 10 is nothing. But now it's the eight out of 10 stressful days that uh, really stress you out and really, you know what I mean? So I, I think part of it is avoiding negativity, avoiding the news. I wouldn't scroll through Twitter because there, there's no good that comes from that. But the other thing I would really recommend doing 
And it's just filling your mind with positivity, filling your mind with personal development, becoming mentally stronger. When you can become mentally stronger and become a personally developed person, those things won't bother you as much anymore. You won't see as much negativity. You'll be able to stay positive in the face of uncertain circumstances, in the face of chaos, in the face of uncertainty. So by doing personal development, by increasing your mental strength, you will be better prepared to take on all the crap that's going on in the world. And just like that, we are done with this week's episode of the Life Well Lived podcast, talking all about the Enneagram Eights. I hope you found this podcast helpful. I hope you found it informative. I hope that maybe even in week one of the whole series, as we go through all the Enneagram numbers, maybe you already found your number. Maybe you're like, hey, I'm an eight. Now, I recommend continue listening to the episodes because you're going to find transformation and helpful advice and helpful tips for other numbers in your life. And I'd also recommend that even though you might feel that you totally nailed down the number, sometimes you might hear another number and think, oh, maybe I am this number. Because sometimes there's qualities with certain Enneagram numbers where you'll see yourself a little bit in each number. Like that's a normal thing. So I don't recommend stopping listening to the podcast now. Make sure you listen to the rest of the series so that you can hear about every number and really get a a whole journey, a whole mindset, a, a whole filling of the mind of knowledge of what each number is so you can really figure out who you are and who the important people in your life are are as well. So next week, we're going to be going over the nines. We're going through the triad. So eight, nine, one are first in the anger or gut triad. So nines will be next. Nines are the peacemakers. And I'm very excited about that episode for next week's episode because uh, nines are a very fun number and I I love the nines in my life. So um, with that, I hope you guys have an amazing week. I hope you guys um, utilize good exercises this week. I hope that you can avoid negativity and fill your mind with personal development. Thanks so much for the Q&A sections this week. Thanks for letting me share with you the Enneagram number eight. And uh, I'll see you guys next week for Enneagram nine as we continue our Enneagram series. I hope you guys have a great week. I love you. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and please share with your friends.